Center! Quick, march! Hi, I'm Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. Go to any major military event and you'll see them there. Musicians. The military has a long-standing history of epic bands to carry troops into battle, add flavor to events, whether they're solemn or joyful, and provide entertainment in the communities where soldiers live. Here talking to us about military musicians are Corporal Hélène Fortier. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and Corporal Michel Cousineau. Thanks for having us. We're part of the band of the Governor General's Foot Guards. Okay, so here's a thing that a lot of people might not know is musicians are their own trade within the army. So it's definitely a thing that we do. The military's job as a whole is to kind of defend Canada and destroy our enemies and such. Why does the military need musicians? I guess when you first look at it, it's a valid question. Like, what do we bring? Because what we bring to the military might not be as obvious. Yes, we're not the ones that will go at the front and defend against the enemy. We're kind of in, in the back seat here. But we provide a lot of indirect value to support our brothers and sisters in the military on the psychological side of it. Whenever they have uh, funerals, whenever they lose brothers and sisters in arms, we're there for those ceremonies that are so important. Imagine having a Remembrance Day, not having a trumpet player playing the last post. They, they need to grieve sometimes, or they need to celebrate. And we're there for that. We're there for the party time, and they need to decompress because the job of the soldiers is so intense sometimes. And we're not the only ones who have career in the back seat. You know, the office people, the medical people, sometimes they're not actively the soldier with the rifle at the front, but there's so many career opportunities in the military and they're not always super related to what we perceive as the job of a soldier. We are being tanked regularly by all levels of ranks in the military because we bring something. But yes, it doesn't doesn't look that obvious. So your question is very valid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like that answer too, because there is definitely a, a value in emphasizing a joyful time, makes that time better. It adds to the value of that decompression experience. Or like you said, we have to go through that grieving process or, you know, have that decompression. And I think also on the other side of the house, some people might make the argument, oh, well, why not just get civilian musicians? But it's like having somebody who gets it, it's integrated into that whole life, that whole system. They understand kind of what you're going through, what the military is, how it all functions and how it all comes together. Having somebody who understands that being a part of it, it's it's your team that's helping you out and and sharing that moment with you. So I think you hit the nail on the head. Like that's a really value add that maybe people don't spend a lot of time considering. Well, the military has a long history of uh, music within the regiments, going all the way back to even during wartime, how music really brings people together. And you'd have your troops singing various wartime tunes. Every unit has regimental marches, and uh, we perform those when we play for various functions, but uh, mess dinners, for example. And uh, when we play a regimental march, the members from that unit will usually stand up some of them are so proud to hear their march, they'll get up on their chair, or I've seen them get up on the table. <laughs> right. um, some people will gladly sing along. So uh, not only do we provide ambiance for the dinner itself, but we, uh, we get to recognize those regimental marches afterwards. We often parade in public, and uh, 
We are the face of the military in the public eye. We provide a connection to uh, the public because they don't have a chance to see our troops in training or our troops in combat, but they get to see troops on parade in ceremonial dress and uh, provides that much needed link. So I think uh, we, we wear many hats, both uh, literally and figuratively. And uh, we also do concerts for the general public. We do military functions uh, or diplomats uh, events. Uh, like we do music at their dinners or their meetings and cocktails and stuff like that. <laughs> We're part of uh, a lot of parades inside military events, like changing of commands and in the different units. We bring uh, marches and we're part of the official ceremony. Oh, we have so many aspects that we are part of. And then I think the other part is there's a lot of non-musical duties that musicians do too. You want to talk about that? While most of our duties are musical in nature, uh, so we do need to maintain a basic level of training. So we do need uh, to maintain our personal weapons training. There's also the force test that we need to complete every year to make sure that we're maintaining a level of fitness. And that makes me think what you just said, that musicians are, in general, very fit. They're not less fit than the others. So we can also participate at uh, different missions inside Canada for flooding and for help during the pandemic. So there are different tasks that the military does for the country that musicians can do. A lot of us have done some clerk jobs and sometimes... Uh, we we can still be deployed in anywhere in the world doing clerk work. So sometimes it's not only the music, we also do other jobs in the military. So how does somebody become a musician in the forces? How, do, how does it all get started? Well, in my experience, I had a couple friends that joined to play with the ceremonial guard on Parliament Hill, and they had a blast and told me that I needed to join and do the same. <laughs> I wasn't really aware of the opportunities available to musicians in the military until my colleagues explained to me their experience. So most musicians that uh, are part of the Governor General Foot Guards are students in university, and they'll apply through their local recruiting center, complete their BMQ, basic military qualifications, and then join their local regiment, start playing with the band. How did you get your start? Oh, my start was very different. I could have been starting... Uh, back in university when I was in Quebec City. But nobody was doing any recruiting in my university back then, and I had no friends doing it, no family in the military. So I did really, like, jobs at minimum salary that were not necessarily rewarding, where right. I could have been doing that. First of all, the musicians in the military are, for almost the majority, already trained musician. The military, mm -hmm. they give us some training, but we arrive by a music audition. So we're usually trained ahead. We're usually, we have music degrees, so which I had. So anyway, fast forward, my 20s, my 30s, moved to Ottawa, became a teacher, a mom, still playing a bit of music on the civilian side. And only in my 40s, I was playing in a civilian band. And the teacher from my school board, who's in the military, approached me and she said, why don't you join the Governor General Foot Guards? And I said, what is this? I had lived in Ottawa for years and didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I knew Ceremonial Guard. I was bringing my daughter to the parades every summer and thought with a bit of um, 
oh, I should have been doing that when I was a student and kind of, oh, I passed the moment and I'm too old now. So fast forward, I was in my 40s and this colleague said, why don't you join the foot guards? And I said, uh, what do I need to do? And she said, oh, you go for an audition. And I said, do I have to do a real military training? I called it boot camp. Yeah, that's <laughs> So right. that's what I, mean, I knew. That's what people call like it. Like in movies, right? That was basically my knowledge of the military was movies and stuff like that. So I said, do I have to do a boot camp? She said, oh, yeah, but there's people your age do it. So that's right. kind of blindly at 43 years old, I just threw myself in there and did the basic military training with a bunch of young, young guys and <laughs> it really didn't fit the profile, but I still did it. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience since. So I joined at 43 and I'm now 59. So on my way to retirement in a few months, <laughs> yeah. just to show that some people join later. So you're both in the reserves. You have jobs outside of what you do in the military? That's right. Uh, I'm for the most part a freelance musician, meaning I take the work where I can get it. Uh, I try and play as much and perform as much as possible, but that's not the most steady of incomes. So I teach primarily private lessons. I currently have approximately 70 private students that I see on a weekly basis. So sometimes it's difficult to get uh, the practice hours in. So that's why it's great on Tuesday nights when I get to pull the horn out and play with the foot guards. Myself, I'm now retired from my main civilian job. I was for 30 years uh, elementary and high school teacher. Being a musician in the reserve is now my job as a retired teacher. So doing prep for the podcast, I kind of looked at the number of different bands for the different elements, and there's like 50-something army bands, and there's all sorts of different flavors. you want to speak to the different bands and how they kind of work? Well, we're both members of the Governor General's Foot Guard Band. This is a reserve band, one of the 50 or so army bands. So we parade once a week on Tuesday nights. So it's a part-time thing, but there are also reg force bands. There are six reg force bands across the country in Halifax, Quebec, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Victoria. And this would be a full-time possibility of employment for musicians. It's a little bit different than what we do, but that's an option that's available to us if we wanted to be employed full-time in the military. And several of us, myself included, we sometimes do part-time contracts with regular force bands. If there's maternity leaves or sick leave and they need someone to play for two months, uh, like in the past year, I did four contracts with the regular force band in Ottawa. So there's a lot of combinations possible, but definitely more reserve bands because uh, there are bands in the different communities and all the different provinces and territories as the regular force bands, there are only six bands in the whole country. Yeah. Also, there's just a lot more reserve units in general. Look at infantry. There's like nine regular force infantry units and then there's something like 40 some odd or even more reserve infantry units and so they have a lot of bands attached to that another thing i learned is that piper is its own trade and that's a whole other thing that's right highland regiments which have uh, pipes and drums band rather than your typical marching bands i feel like we're way too late in the podcast for <laughs> this question but what do you play <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> yeah. I'm a saxophone player, but I also double on piano, so I play on the jazz combo on keys as well. And I am a flute player. I play flute and piccolo. So on parade, the little piccolo, and the rest of the time, flute or piccolo. <laughs> What's a day-to-day -day musician experience like? 
Most of our Tuesday night rehearsals involve getting ready for the next engagement. So most of our time will be spent rehearsing, whether that's a marching band gig. So we'll be out on the parade square practicing, playing and marching or a sit-down concert where we'll just practice repertoire in the band room, or a small ensemble gig, which our band does fairly often. We've got a saxophone quartet, brass quintet, jazz combo, a Celtic band. So for certain engagements, they'll request one ensemble or another. What are the different functions of those bands? What events do they support? Well, really, it comes down to the venue and the size of the engagement. We won't send our entire concert band to play for a dinner of, say, a dozen officers. It just doesn't make sense. Typically, that'll be held in a small room and probably wouldn't have enough space for the entire band. So depending on the venue, depending <laughs> on the right. event, sometimes it's just more fitting to send a smaller ensemble. And the, the music and the ambiance that your jazz combo will offer sometimes is a little bit more fitting to that event. So usually... Um, the different events will request certain ensembles based on, on the venue, based on what they're going for. Obviously, if it's outdoors, we'll be marching in the streets. If it's a smaller function, we could send a flute quartet or we could send a smaller group of musicians. We've organized events before and they're like, you know, we want the full band in there. And it's in the drill hall, for example, which is a relatively enclosed space. And sometimes people don't fully appreciate the amount of power that that a full band has in an enclosed space you know it's one of those challenges again where planning events uh, it's important to consult your subject matter experts on that to say yes we want a 30-piece band inside this building to do this thing and they're like nobody will hear anything other than the band during that that's definitely happened a bunch of times in the entire evening we have people coming over and saying play quieter Play quieter, play quieter. <laughs> and as a 30-piece band, sometimes that's just not doable. <laughs> that's right. Trombones make trombone noises. That's, that's right. Uh, a trombone loud. will That's trombone. how it goes. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about the composition of the band. Like, what does that look like? How many of what? How does it differ from a symphony or an orchestra or whatever? Well, the band won't go out and actively look for instruments that they might be missing. We're kind of at the mercy of who might be applying to join our band. But we are fortunate right now to have a pretty well-balanced band, meaning that we have enough of all the instruments in the different sections. So that includes flutes, clarinets, saxophones, French horns, brass instruments like trumpets, trombones, tubas, and percussionists, of course. We're approximately 40 musicians. Uh, about 40. Something like that. So there aren't too many spots available with our, our band. But uh, we're well-balanced, and that offers us the possibility to form these smaller ensembles since we've got all the instruments covered. So one thing we haven't discussed yet is the role of ranks within the band structure, because it seems maybe a little bit counterintuitive that the military structure that applies to the chain of command and execution of tasks, maybe that not obviously fit into a band structure. Maybe can you speak a little bit to what that means and how it works? Yes. So we still have this structure inside the band, but we have also a parallel structure by a system of musical section leaders. And the music section leader is not necessarily the highest rank. So if you have a group of clarinet players, but the strongest player is not the highest rank in the military, well, that person might be the head of the clarinet section and will have music leadership responsibilities. And the person who has a higher military rank inside will have to follow that. So we have 
two parallel systems. Sometimes it can be a little bit of an issue, but usually not, because they're not supposed to use their military rank when we're in a music format. And usually it's the director of music and the everyone in the top leadership positions of the band who decide who will be the different music section leaders. I think that translates well, though, because like, let's say within a platoon or within a section of, I'll speak to infantry because that's what I know, is the highest ranking person is maybe not the best shot. They're maybe exactly. not, not yeah. the best navigators. And so there's selection of team in terms of skill and ability. And then you have the rank structure, which generally speaking is more enabling in terms of personnel management, making maybe tactical and strategic decisions. So based off of what you're saying, seems like it's pretty much the same thing within the band structure is the chain of command is more of a decision-making structure. And then the skill levels kind of dictate how you're going to execute a task, in this case, do music. But I think in terms of band structure, it's a stronger firm structure of leadership positions than I think what you're referring to. I think you're still falling in the in the regular military structure. As us, yeah. it's all the time that if you're the music section leader, you have this responsibility always, the whole time you're doing music, all the time. Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid in that sense. We have our musical section leaders, but we also have the more traditional rank structure. We have the one officer who's directing, our band sergeant major will be a warrant. And depending on the year, the band will be divided usually into two. We'll have a sergeant in charge of our two groups. And those groups are divided into sections, which are led by a master corporal. But it is kind of a hybrid because that would be for the more administrative side. Whereas for the musical side, we've got the different leaders, which don't go by the rank system necessarily. I feel like one of the things that you haven't talked about, which is probably the most impressive part, is a lot of musicians have the comfort of sitting in a chair and just playing and having access to all of their stuff. But marching band is a whole other level. I think that was probably the most challenging thing. As my colleague mentioned, we show up, for the most part, in the military trained. We're usually university students, so we're already playing at a fairly high level. But most people have never marched and played at the same time. I joined to play with a ceremonial guard band, which is a marching band. So I had a very intensive drill period where I had to learn or essentially relearn everything that I thought I knew on the saxophone. Um, <laughs> on the move. Which was so easy to do sitting down. But all of a sudden when you're marching, and not only marching, but taking mace signals from the drum major that's ahead of the band, but you're also maintaining your dressing. So lining up with the person in front of you, also to the left and to the right, you're multitasking like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. If I can add something to this, it makes me smile. So I was a trained musician until 43 years old, but I had never marched. I had never been in a parade watching what's left, right, in front, behind, doing little choreographies and stuff. So it always stayed my weaker side, I would say. And even at the last Remembrance Day parade, I was again thanking one of my flute player colleagues. I said, I don't know what I would have been doing these last 15, 16 years without you around telling me, Hélène, go here. Hélène, watch this. So I never really messed up in a parade, but thank God I had good colleagues around me. So just to show that it's a whole different sets of skills that civilian musicians don't practice unless you're in the military. When you're learning to march and play, one of the things you're thinking 
probably the least about is the music itself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't crash into people. <laughs> well, I think we'll make it easy on you, but if there's any format to be able to demonstrate what somebody does for the podcast, this is definitely it. So I know you guys brought your instruments in. Let's do some music then. Sounds good. Sure. All right. <laughs> Not every day that a saxophone and a piccolo, that's it. So I don't think be... we've ever played just the baritone saxophone and the that's piccolo. That's a good idea. We should <laughs> take this on the road. Make it a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's important as a musician when you're deciding what you're going to play for an event to make sure that you play some music that people will recognize. You could play fantastically well, but if people don't know what you're playing, it won't resonate the same way with them. So as soon as you play something that uh, they recognize, all of a sudden, oh, that you're great. So hopefully you recognize that piece there. It's called Colonel Bogey. I didn't actually know the official name of that. <laughs> and we have also a mandate of educating the public as well. So it's kind of a combination, I would say, between things you can recognize, like movie themes or marches that they've heard before, but also play other music a bit more serious or things that they've never heard before and get them to uh, broaden their music uh, knowledge and stuff. It's important for us to play, to cater to the crowd. So when we play some of these old wartime tunes and you've got these veterans, you could see sometimes the tears forming up in their eyes. You're playing these old war tunes that they... They would sing together that got them through some tough times. And the saxophone quartet, for example, has a more modern selection, such as Bohemian Rhapsody or the Pink Panther. And I think it's going to be important moving forward that we consider the music of the time and we make sure that we're covering some of this in future engagements. Yeah, I would imagine it's pretty tricky to strike the balance, too. I remember, uh, I think it was during one of the Fortissimo years, you guys had Game of Thrones going. That was a lot of fun. You know, it catches the crowd. But then also, on the other hand, is during something like Ceremonial Guard, when people are marching up Elgin Street in Ottawa, and you have those, like, really old-school 1930s, 40s war marches, and you're like, woo, dramatic, and maintaining that balance of keeping the cool old war tunes that kind of really tie you back to those before times, but also playing the fun, you know, let's say popular music of the moment is also gratifying in its own way. Absolutely. The music that we played on Parliament Hill this past summer with Canada on the March featured some modern selections, such as a medley of the music of Star Wars, which always... Yeah, that always hits. <laughs> always a hit. Uh, but we also made sure to play some of the pieces that were originally composed for military bands. So stuff that was composed either at the end of the 19th century or the turn of the 20th century. And these pieces sound fantastic because they were written specifically for that ensemble. So as you said, it's important to, to have a mix of the two, maintain that tradition, the military music that we've been playing for over 100 years, as well as a more modern selection. 
Hey, well, speaking of 100-year-old tunes, uh, I think we're going to play us out to one of those uh, just now. So thanks again for coming in. Uh, thanks to Corporals Hélène Fortier and Michel Cousineau for being on the show. It was our pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, thank you so much. And now the Governor General's Foot Guards Band is going to send us off with their regimental slow march, Figaro. Figaro.